You're listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey, The Good, The Bad, and The Branding with Danielle Clem, the weekly podcast created for fellow entrepreneurs, whether just starting out, established in your business, or simply testing out the waters. We're here to put the real back in entrepreneurial reality. Each episode guides you through the different paths walked and lessons learned by fellow bosses, how they got through it, and tips that got them there sprinkled in with a little business branding and a whole lot of heart. One question is, are you ready to dive in? Here's your host, designer, marketer, and frequent iced coffee drinker, Danielle Clem. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode, or for those who are coming back, welcome back. This is one of my favorite things to do, one of my favorite things to help out with is talking about marketing, sales, and all that good stuff. So because of that, because you're here, because you pressed play and were interested, I want to gift you the 10 ways to sales consistency. This guide I created with my own bare hands, with my own little typing fingers, to really help you hit sold out service status. I know it can be hard out there trying to create consistent stream of clients and leads online. I get it, which is why I created this guide for you. So if you want that, then head to my link in the show notes to grab your copy or go to bit.ly.com slash dk10ways and... I'm going to try and spell this the best I can, which is bit.ly, B-I-T-L-Y dot com slash D-K number one zero ways. And if you really did not want to try and spell that, you can find it in the show notes below. That's there for you. And really, let's start getting your business and your marketing up to new heights. So without further ado, let's get started with the show. Hey guys, today we have on Nicole Burgess, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist and is an introvert empowerment mentor slash coach to women. She helps women break free from the good girl mass, challenge old belief systems, and use mindfulness and spiritual practices in overcoming fears. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Oh, thank you for having me on, Danielle. I'm so excited to be here. I am as well. I We actually, for those who don't know, we actually already did an episode on her podcast, which will be all linked down below. And I just can't wait to get into this because I think that a lot of entrepreneurs out there, especially the, the good girl mask and the people pleaser is going to be a really good thing to talk about. Yeah. Hey there. So quick second before we get started, editing Danielle's in here to save the day. So basically... With Nicole's episode, at the time of this recording, it is not out, but it should be out by end of January, early February. So when that is, I will add that in. But for right now, just enjoy this episode and soak up all the good stuff with it. Good thing to talk about. Yes, it is a hot topic, I think, no matter where you go. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) So I love to begin this show with just the beginning of your journey and then end with the present and future. So can you tell me a little bit about how you grew up to kind of what led you to wanting to start down this path? Sure. So growing up, I really played into the good girl mindset and I listened to a lot of beautiful people trying to guide me into which career field that I needed to go into. And I started out when I did my undergrad, I went into the accounting field and I learned a lot within that career. Then I moved on to being a business analyst and going into software implementation and training, which was all good. And yet I still could feel that I was not in the right space for me. And I finally went back after all, I have some great supportive friends who are like, 
dude, you so need to go back to school and follow your dream. And so I did. I went to grad school and then I went in to become a licensed marriage and family therapist after grad school, going through a licensure process. And as I've done this now for well over a decade, I'm more into the coaching field now because I have the opportunity to be able to reach more women Mm -hmm. across the globe. And so much of it manifests down into the fears of hiding behind this good girl persona, this mask, the people pleasing behavior. And I've, you know, worked with so many women over the years. I want to hit, you know, or, or work with more of a global reach versus just in the local area that I'm located. Yeah, that makes complete sense, especially since, like you said, you want to have a bigger impact. And that usually comes from being able to be with more people. And I think the best way nowadays to do that is online because there's just access to basically every single person. Yes. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, technology, right? There's times where we can fear it and other times it is an an amazing thing. I still am amazed. This may sound silly, but I still am amazed by my phone. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's such a mini computer. And it's like, wow, I can tap into anybody in in the world. And it just, yeah, it's a cool thing. Yes, I definitely agree. And I kind of want to circle back to, so you really talk a lot about the introverted side. And I think actually a lot of entrepreneurs, whether they are now or while they grow into it, probably have introverted tendencies. It just kind of happens when you do business online. So I kind of want to hear why did you decide to actually choose to help introverts? Because that's the majority of the clientele that I work with. You know, I didn't used to actually advertise for that. And the more people that I served, the more I was figuring out, it's like, wow, they didn't necessarily understand that was part of their kind of traits. And so I started to focus more on that. That's really, that's part of who I am. I mean, I'm an INFJ and I think you and I both, you know, have that same Mm -hmm. uh, Myers-Briggs acronym going on. And I thought, you know, for many women, especially high achievers or those that are really ambitious, oftentimes they think they're more extroverted, but then they get exhausted and they don't realize there's so much strength within introversion. And it's being able to go back and embrace those strengths that they have and design a life around that versus trying to be somebody that they're not. Yes, I fully agree with this. I actually just got back from a conference a couple of days ago. And for an introvert, that can be kind of like a slice <laughs> of hell. <laughs> so I was there and amazing women there. Obviously, it's never about the people who are there. It's just the energy mm-hmm. that, you know, just runs through. So yeah. by the end of each day, I think it was about from like nine to six, I would just go head straight home, not want to even go out. It was in beautiful San Diego. And I'm like, I just want to be in my Airbnb for a couple hours just to recharge. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful thing too, right? That I think there's a myth about being introvert means you're not social, which is so not true. What it means is just what you're saying is sometimes you need to buffer some downtime before those big events and then have a buffer time afterwards where it's a self-care piece of it. So it's not an either or, it's the both and. And I think that's a big mind shift for many people is to change the way of thinking about, well, I can either do this or I can do that. It's like, well, you can do both, but how are you going to take care of yourself during those situations and after that situation? Yes, I fully agree with that. And I think what's really great about what you're doing too is with introverts, but really just with, I think, women in general, we have that um, tendency to go down the good girl mask or people pleaser mm-hmm. route. And I wonder what's your connection with that? Because I usually see that people who teach on things or educate usually have their own background with that. 
Yeah. So for me, the good girl piece of it, you know, growing up, and I didn't really come to this conclusion until I was really in my early 20s, that I was just following everybody else. I was like, well, I was trying to be polite. I was trying to be nice. I was trying to follow the rules, being very responsible for other people. And the reality is it's like I kept drowning my own voice out of the which path that I wanted to go on. And when we do that, when we don't listen to our own system, our own wisdom, like our own values and your connection to to source, you can get really overwhelmed and you can feel frustrated and resentful. And it's like, wow, I'm living somebody else's life. So I remind women all the time. It's like, stay on your own path. And I have to remember that too. It's like, oh, so-and-so is doing this. That looks really cool. The shiny object syndrome, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, no, that's their path. You do you and check in with yourself. Is that in alignment with who you are, who you want to be and where you're going in your life? So being able to put that good girl mask away and thought process, oh, I'm not good enough or I need to do more to get the, oh, the, uh, what do I want to say? The response back from the person's like, I have no control over that. They get to be them. I get to be me and life moves forward. And it's very freeing. When you let go of the outcome of what's going to unfold within a relationship or where you're going to go in your life, and you let go of the expectation the other person is going to behave in the way you want them to, there's a lot of freedom with that. Yes, I fully agree, especially the detachment or kind of like letting go of the outcome, I think is something every single person has to work on, including myself. Yes. And I am um, I am not immune to this whatsoever. And I wonder when you were going through this, and I think a lot of us still, however much we work through it, there can always be different times or situations where it pops up again. But I wonder what was the biggest breakthrough for you? Like while you were working on this for yourself, what kind of was your biggest like takeaway or light bulb moment when you're kind of shedding the layers of this? I think for me, when I was still in corporate America, it was more of people continued to talk to me. It didn't matter where I went. I would have people stop me and they just start telling me their life story. And that's so common regarding therapists and coaches Mm -hmm. and light workers. You're just like, okay. And so I thought, you know, if this is what I'm meant to do, then I want to go get some training so that I know how to put some boundaries around this and that I know how to help people in the best way possible. And so that was it for me. I was like, I've done enough of this, which all of those experiences I had in corporate America so helped me in my own business. And so I wouldn't trade any of that for anything. And I have the training to go with how I can help other people and make a bigger impact and a bigger reach. And serving others is just so fulfilling. Yeah. I fully agree, especially since that's, I think, kind of what we're here for is to always yeah. kind of give back in that way. So I, I love that you mentioned a little bit about the people pleaser. And I mean, there's so many other belief systems or, you know, overcoming limiting beliefs or blocks that can be out there. I wonder what are a couple like the one or two most common um, beliefs or roadblocks you see your clients have before they start working with you? I think one of the biggest things that I I find with women is one, there's that thought process of not being good enough, right? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the universal themes for many women, right? It's the not good enough, not lovable. And there's one more that just totally has slipped my mind. <laughs> and when we are aware of that, then we have an opportunity to begin to shift how we actually think about it. And so we can turn the tables basically on that thought and being able to embrace, it's like, now I am good enough. That's where that self-compassion piece really comes into play. And also sometimes it need to pause and look at like, what is, 
what need am I getting by holding on to that thought or by doing this specific behavior over and over? Like what is getting reinforced for me? What's getting, what need is getting met for myself? And oftentimes it's like, well, it makes me feel loved. It makes me feel validated. But then resentment comes up because I'm, I'm doing it when I'm exhausted. I'm not doing it out of place where I've got enough oxygen basically to, to really serve the person. So when we have that awareness of what that thought is, then we can start to make it more intentional of what we need to do. Yeah. So I think what's really great that you mentioned there is you have to be self-aware. Like I think with mm-hmm. every single thing in life, when you're going to change something, that's the first step for, for any type of change is being a self-aware step. So in this case, would you say the next step after that would be kind of just to try and reshape the thought or because what I want to try and do for a lot of the listeners out there, um, beliefs and roadblocks can be very, as you already know, very deeply rooted. <laughs> I think mm-hmm, we all know mm-hmm. that. Um, but I want to get them like actual practical tips or steps to kind of get that uh, change going for them. So I wonder if you have any tips for that. Yeah. So once you do have that awareness, one thing I often tell women to do is start writing it down, like making a journal. Mm -hmm. And so one, you're visually seeing that because what can happen is that we call it a ruminating thought. It's a thought that gets stuck. It's like the hamster in the wheel goes around and around and around. And the more we focus on it, the more our self-esteem goes down, more self-doubt goes up. And then those lovely little negative thoughts, it's just a downward spiral. When we start to write that down, we can actually take a different perspective of it, literally meaning put the paper down and take a step back and then go, is that true? And if I look at it from this direction, is that still true? But does it look different from that angle? The other piece of it you can do, like even in meditation, is go deeper into, okay, I have the thought that I'm not good enough. Where in my body do I actually feel that? And then when you deep go into that area, so let's say it's in your chest, take a deep breath. And as you allow yourself just to be present with what your chest is telling you, is it tight? Is it loose? Is there a color that comes up? Is there a shape that comes up? Is there a word? The more you give yourself permission to go deep into that area, oftentimes it begins to take away some of that tension and stress that is associated with that thought. And you can get some different insight to it. There's another way that you can do it, which is the tapping. And there's a lot of different resources out there for tapping, but that's a really good method for being able to take the intensity down of a specific limiting belief or anxiety or stress level. Sometimes it's called emotional freedom technique or tapping technique. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of different resources out on YouTube to kind of walk you through how to do that. Yes, I freaking love tapping. I mean, I love it in the sense of like, I love what it does. Having to cry after it's not the greatest, mm-hmm. but it, it really helps with that. And the way that I love to tell people, I think, to help kind of see how this looks is kind of you're shining a light in a dark corner. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're writing that out, when you're asking, is it true? You're kind of investigating your own thoughts. And mm-hmm. I think this can really play into any single part of someone's life. For example, I'm trying it out on actual foods recently. So if mm-hmm. I'm going to the grocery store and I have a um, craving for chocolate, like an unnecessary craving, not just like, you know, I deserve it type of craving. Uh, mm-hmm. Usually I would just say, hey, you know, is this something that I actually need like I'll actually try and make an argument for myself on why I need this and the same thing Mm -hmm. could happen for the same thought is is this thought something that I want is it true is it needed and kind of going through that and kind of having a conversation with yourself really helps kind of bring that out Right. The other thing you could, um, you know, really turn that to is what am I making this to mean? 
right? So when you really kind of look at some of those things of what we tell ourselves, it's like, is it really serving me? What can keep us stuck? And anytime, like you said earlier, anytime we're kind of at a growth edge, that's often when tons of self-doubt, imposter syndrome, the people pleaser starts to come out. And it's like, okay, it's not serving me yet. It's keeping me stuck to where I am. It's keeping me in my comfort zone. And so who is it I'm, I'm attempting to become? And what would she say? How would she manage this? And that can also kind of get you over that, what do I want to say, bridge or hump of looking at like, what would I tell myself if I were already in that place of feeling really good about myself and confident about myself? What would that look like and how would I feel? Yeah, I think this is a really great uh, notion for a lot of people out there. This is actually an exercise that I did similarly in the conference where they had a letter that you wrote to yourself. The first one was writing from that darker side, the one that kind of has all the negative thoughts, and then writing out the lighter side, the one that, you know, is just your higher self, the one who is the nice part of yourself. And um, what they did, which was really amazing, is they had two people stand in front of each other, and they actually asked one of them, which letter do you want to read to this person in their face? And Mm. no one wanted to read the negative one. So it kind of turned (laughs) it back on its head saying, then why would you say that to yourself? Yeah. And I think that's a really great notion for us to remember is a lot of these thoughts, especially if we're not aware of them, they can, they run so much of our processes that it's really important to kind of reflect whether it's each day or each week, I would say, um, to kind of just review and say, what have I been telling myself? Yeah. And, and, Kristen Neff, she is like the person kind of known now for self-compassion. And that's exactly what you're talking about. It's like, we would not say these things to a best friend or to a loved one, yet we can get caught in that trap for ourselves of beating ourselves up. And it's like, the more we place our focus on those thoughts, that's what literally gets wired in the brain. And it truly does become a habit. And with the habit, you can do it differently. You can change it. You can unlearn it. And that's it. I love that exercise you guys did in the conference. Yeah, I was very surprised by it. (laughs) It's definitely not Mm -hmm. a thing you usually do. And I think this actually brings up a really great note is, so now, especially since, like you already said, you're uh, an introvert and an entrepreneur, as am I. And I think it'd be really great to hear, are there any tools you use, whether it's on a daily or weekly basis, to kind of recharge or keep your energy up while you're trying to help others or when you're obviously helping out your clients? Oh, absolutely. And I share this with my clients all the time. Mm -hmm. I actually have a morning routine. Mm -hmm. And part of my morning routine is I start my day slower. And I know not every woman listening can do that if they've got younger kids and other responsibilities going on. But I would really encourage if there's any way you can make time for yourself. And when I say I start slow in the sense of I wake up, I wake up with gratitude, I do my meditation, I write down what it is I want to do for the day, what I am also grateful for. So I have those anchor points and that starts my day. And it keeps that stress level down. And then at the end of day, it's really having, I say this so much with women, is having good sleep hygiene. Mm. And what I mean by that is have a set time for when you're truly going to go to bed. Listen to your own natural circadian rhythm, which is when it starts to get dark. Let's say your bedtime's at 10 o'clock. It's beginning to unwind starting by nine Mm -hmm. where the lights are getting lower. Everybody's winding down in the house. If you've got children, it's beginning to kind of slow things down. It's putting your phone away minimum of a half hour before 
most people know now about the blue lights and everything that gets impacted with screens, making sure you minimize that. End your day with gratitude. So write down what you're grateful for today. And another big thing that most women do, and I'm also guilty of it, I don't do it consistently, is what are my wins for the day? Mm, Really celebrate, you know, what you've accomplished for the day so that when you go back at the end of the week, end of the month, end of the quarter, you can see what you have done and how you have grown, that you're no longer the same person you were the day before. I love that. And I, yes, a hundred percent. Yes. Because with, with the people pleaser, uh, tendencies, I think also it pairs very well with perfectionism, um, mm-hmm. because we want to help others. So we want to be perfect for that, at least from myself or what I've seen for clients. It's, it's very similar. And because of that, we're so used to looking outwards that sometimes it's harder for us to turn inwards. And I think putting in that part of what are my wins? What am I doing each day that's taking me towards my goal will really help you to one kind of let go of the fear of, oh, I'm not doing enough. Oh, I'm not getting there because you actually are. And you're kind of allowing yourself to say, hey, this is actually showing me that I am. And I think a lot more ladies and just people in general really need to do this exercise. I agree. And I was shaking my head. Yes. I'm like, yep. mm -hmm, That's it. That's it. (laughs) There's times where I tell people, I'm like, yes, I'm the recovering perfectionist because Mm -hmm. I used to get into that trap where I could put something out there on the internet or I couldn't say something unless it was absolutely just right. And again, getting curious with that, it was more like this fear of being rejected, this fear of what are people going to say about it being judged? And it's like, wait a minute, I don't have any idea what's going to happen. It's like, it's progress over perfection, put it out there. You can continue to modify things, go forward, you get feedback on it. And some of it's worthwhile and some of it's not. So go for it. Yeah, I fully agree with this. And I tell a lot of my clients the same thing, especially for marketing People always think it has to be like the highest production value or the highest editing or, you know, the best lighting. And in reality, most people would rather have someone who is just real with them than someone who's quote unquote perfect because our life's not Instagram. Although we love pretty pictures, I understand. I love them too. They're not they're not real and we want to we want to buy from people who are real or who we feel connected to. And that doesn't happen if we're kind of stuck behind those pretty pictures. Correct. Yeah, I fully agree with that. And I agree. It's like, it is so nice to see wonderful pictures out there and know that it's okay for your life to be where it is. Cause we don't know everything that's behind the scenes from mm-hmm. the person who took the picture. Yes. It, that was actually a very great note because I think it was a couple weeks ago, I was talking to a friend of mine and I actually found out one of our old friends from a while ago she's been posting great pictures just on Instagram and found out that she's actually behind the scenes is very depressed Mm. and you wouldn't know that because all the pictures are happy smiling go forth and it was just that great notice to kind of step back and say wow you really don't know what's happening behind the scenes if you think about it especially for those who do um, vlogs on YouTube where it's like through their day, people think that's their whole day when in reality, it's maybe about half an hour to an hour of each day for them. And I'm like, oh, you have the best life ever. And I was watching a channel, Keep, I think it's Keep Your Day Dream. Um, they're in like an RV and they just like go around the US and so forth. And from those 20 minutes, it looks like the best life ever. And even they say in their, I think one of their Q&A videos is, guys, we have our own jobs. We only show you about half an hour of our day. It's pretty. It's, you know, they have GoPros. They have it look nice. That's half an hour of their day. And it's just a really great thing to remember. 
Yeah. Because again, that gets more of that comparisonitis, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, they have everything and I don't. It's like, whoa, 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 back up. Look at what you really do have. And there's where the gratefulness is. There's where being more present becomes, right? It's every time we take that deep breath and go, where am I at right now? And what do I have to be grateful for? And it's not the you know, woo woo. Oh, I've got it all. It's like, no, but I do have this and I can keep taking steps towards if there's something else I want in my life to make that happen. Yes. And something that I noticed even myself for a while didn't fully accept was honestly, gratitude is probably the easiest way to shift your energy or emotion like very quickly. And people talk about it so often and people, some, some roll their eyes because they don't really realize it's, it's that simple. (laughs) And and Mm -hmm. I find that whenever I'm feeling, you know, not even a negative emotion, but maybe just a lower energy, like I'm just not feeling at my normal, you know, high energy rate, I will just look around and say, I'm grateful for the flower um, that like in a vase that's showing me beauty or kind of just going in that space of saying you're grateful for something and why. And Mm -hmm. that way it really helps connect those pathways in your brain to say, all right, my day, my life, this is so much better than I think it is just from a matter of minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's a very quick shift in the energy levels for sure. Yes. And I think it'd be really interesting too to hear. I asked this to each guest of mine because I always love what their answer is. But I wonder, what would you tell yourself just starting out? Like going back to when you first started your even just your your therapy career or your coaching career what would you tell yourself just starting out to keep going to Mm. seriously have faith in who you are as a person and where you're going to go in your life that it's totally okay to have moments of like holy crap is this true am I really Mm going to go this direction and say yep that's it that it's all a great adventure and not let anybody else's fear knock you off your own track. Yes. And guys, you need to like listen to that over and over because so much of our fear or beliefs that we have usually aren't our own, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that's something for a lot of us out there to really remember that what you're feeling for the most part could be yours, but for a lot of us, it's not. A lot of us, yeah. it comes from those back places. So I fully agree. And keep going, keep showing up. Keep being consistent, I think, is is a fantastic lesson for everyone to remember. Yes, absolutely. So now that we talked a little bit kind of about the past, I want to kind of go into the present and future and kind of see um, what are the current things that you're working on to kind of give the audience a little taste on what they can look out for. Well, so I've still, I am doing a lot of um, interviews on my uh, podcast that I'm doing, but I'm also putting together a webinar and I Mm. can't quite tell you exactly what all that's going to be about because it's still kind of percolating (laughs) in my mind, but eventually there will be something out there and I'll make some announcements about what it is and how they can get access to it. But that's my next uh, step for all the introverted women out there. Yeah. And can you let them know what your podcast name is? Yeah. So my podcast is called The Soul-Filled Sisterhood. And I really, most of my guests that are on it, majority of them are introverts and mm-hmm. like yourself. And and it's really about the women who are leaders in their life and the directions that they're going and the impacts that they're making in the world. And they're from all different, you know, um, what do I want to say, avenues. Mm-hmm. And it's just so cool to see all the different ways women are, one, taking responsibility for their life and two, just how they're impacting the world. Yes. And for those who are interested, I'll have all the links down below, but where can they find you on this little internet sphere? 
Yeah, they can go out to NicoleBurgessCoaching.com, and that's Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E, and then Burgess, B-U-R-G-E-S-S, dot, uh, coaching, and then dot com. Awesome. Well, there you guys have it. This has been a fantastic episode. Thank you so much, Nicole, for coming on, honestly. Well, thank you for having me on, Danielle. It's been a great conversation, and I look forward to hearing more of your podcast as well. <laughs> thank you. And you guys, if you have any questions or DMs, let us know, and I will talk to you guys all in the next episode. Thanks for listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey with Danielle Clem. If you like our show and want to know more, check out the show notes to join in the Insiders Facebook group, or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us next week for another dose of business, branding, and everything in between. See you then.